I am Montana York, and I'm your host here at Cambridge House. And I'm joined today by the one and only John Bay, CEO of Standard Uranium. John, thank you for being here. Well, thank you, Montana. Pleasure to be here, and I'm looking forward to doing this interview. As am I. Um, John, I consider myself a junior investor, and I'd love to get a look, get to know a little bit more about uranium. Um, where is uranium mined uh, within Canada and worldwide? Oh, sure. So uranium is, uh, you probably might not know this, but Canada has the best uranium resources by far than anyone in the world. And primarily that's all found in Saskatchewan. There's a region in Northern Saskatchewan called the Athabasca Basin. And when I say the greatest resources and reserves, that's because the grades of uranium in the Athabasca Basin are spectacular compared to global comparisons. The rest of the world, you can find uranium being mined in Kazakhstan, in Russia, Uzbekistan, in Africa, in Niger, in Australia, um, in South Africa and regions like Namibia. So there is uranium all over the world, but typically those mines have uh, grades of, you know, 1% or half a percent. In Saskatchewan, you can see, uh, you know, drill holes into some of these biggest projects like MacArthur River or Next Gen Zero, where they're getting grades of 60% or 80%. Those numbers are staggering. Now, the mines aren't at that level, but, you know, you can see mines that are in the high 10 to 20% grades, which is just remarkable which is why people love mining and exploring in Saskatchewan and in Canada. Great. Um, thank you. Um, and what's the current global demand for uranium? Well, it's a great question. And we go back in time about 10 years. We've been in a bear market. Uranium has been in the dumps for 10 years, ever since Fukushima really had a, a big impact on a lot of mines around the world being shut down and an oversupply. But over the last 10 years, that has really flipped. And now there is a huge imbalance. There is not enough supply to meet the demand. So with the green, green energy revolution coming, everybody wants clean energy. Nuclear is going to be a huge part of that. And right now, there is not enough supply to meet that demand. So there's a, you know, there's a huge imbalance of probably 50 million pounds right now annually where there's not enough supply to meet that. So we need to get more mines discovered and put into production to meet that demand because there's a, a number of nuclear reactors being built around the world. There's like 450 nuclear reactors in operation today, and the number going into the future is staggering going forward. Uh, countries like China have announced 150 new nuclear reactors to be built over the next 15 years. India has announced another rollout. France is building them. We're seeing them in Japan, where they're talking about restarting 30 nuclear reactors that have been shut down since Fukushima. We're seeing the U.S. really move into the next generation, which is working on small modular reactors. And we can talk about that as well down the road. Great. Um, so I'm assuming that uranium is required within nuclear energy. And you did mention clean energy. Is yeah. um, nuclear energy clean energy? It is. So let me first of all talk a bit about uranium. So uranium is the fuel that powers nuclear energy. So when you think about, you know, why are people mining uranium around the world? It's 90 you know, 5% of that uranium goes into the fuel to build and go into nuclear reactors. So that's so that's a big reason why um, you know, nuclear needs uranium. And then you had another question there that I skipped over. What was that one again? <laughs> um, it was just more of an assumption that I put together myself um, that uranium is required in nuclear energy, correct? Is yeah, there's other ideas in the future about what else could be used to power nuclear reactors, possibly thorium, um, but not for not in our generation, not for many, many years. Uranium is going to be the fuel used for that. Oh, does that mean that the demand for um, uranium is growing currently? 
It does. Demand for uranium is going uh, parabolic right now. We're starting to see a lot of things happen in the capital markets where people are realizing that uranium has to be found. We have to find more discoveries and they have to put it into uh, to get these mines built to meet the demand. So we're starting to see, um, you know, there's a thing which that's known as a spot price, which is the price of what, uh, you know, investors are, or, um, you know, utilities can go buy uranium in the spot market. That has really risen in the past, you know, year, year and a half. And it, it went from about, you know, $40 all the way up to about $64 where it sits today, which is a staggering increase. And it's just, uh, and it's not stopped. I mean, a lot of these mines to get into production, they need that, that spot price or the long-term price to be about $65, $75 before those, um, those mines make sense to put into production. And one of the things we're seeing now recently is inflation. Now, inflation is even driving that price higher. So even though uranium is $64 today, because of the inflation in the last number of months, those numbers are moving up even higher. We're going to need to see uh, uranium get into you know, $75, $85 to make sense for a lot of these mining companies. Got it. Um, and John, I would also love to know about baseload energy. So baseload, what baseload means is it's 24-7 power. So there's a few types of energy that uh, can provide that. So we do see that in some of the carbon ones, you know, oil and gas. We see baseload power where you can run those facilities 24-7. And hydro, you can run 24-7. And nuclear. So nuclear, it runs all the time, seven days a week, you know, 365 a year. It doesn't shut down. Now, we look at non-baseload type powers and other clean energy. We look at wind. You only have wind happening when uh, those turbines are spinning and solar. You only get energy produced when the sun's actually shining. So those are not baseload. So the world needs, if they want to move towards clean energy, they need a mix of the solars and the winds, but they also need to have a power that can go 24-7. And that's when nuclear fits, up, fits the bill perfectly. Great. Um, then uh, do they require small modular reactors or how does that work? Yeah, so small modular reactors are really what's coming in the future right now. So right now around the world, these, I mentioned, you know, 450 large nuclear reactors, those are massive and they require a massive spend to build and a long time frame to build. And they produce a lot of power and you need to build out a grid to, to support that. Now, small modular reactors, as they sound, they're much, much smaller and they're modular. So they can be built in smaller pieces and put together. And even, they even can be put, they can make them so small micro, micro reactors that they can build them in a factory, put them on the back of like a semi truck and drive them to a site and set them up. And what's even nicer about that is they can plug them right into a, a regular energy grid. So there's a great example right now in Wyoming where uh, Bill Gates and Warren Buffett have got a company where they're actually taking a small modular reactor and putting it right on top of a coal-fired power plant. Now, this is a test a test scenario where they want to show that a small modular reactor can go on top of that, replace a coal-fired uh, power plant, use that same workforce, use the same grid, and create baseload clean power to power that region. And that's going to be remarkable if they can do that successfully. And we believe they will, because that's going to lead the way for many more small modular reactors to replace coal-fired power plants across the U.S. and the globe. In Canada, we're actually uh, moving towards small modular reactors as well. So the Canadian government and the provinces of Saskatchewan, Alberta, Ontario, and New Brunswick have all said, we want small modular reactors. We want to be part of the future. We want to have those operating in Canada by the end of this decade, which is uh, pretty exciting to see. And where we operate in Saskatchewan, you know, we find the best uranium in the world, but we don't have any nuclear reactors there. And that's coming with small modular reactors by the end of this decade. So that's awesome. 
Very cool. Um, and we touched on demand earlier in stock price. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd love to circle back to that a little bit. Obviously, sure. Standard Uranium, a great stock, but any other hot stocks in uranium right now that my listeners should be looking at? Yeah. So I think um, your listeners need to really think about sort of a balanced portfolio and what to really look for in uranium companies. So we have companies that are massive, that are producing around the world right now. And in Canada, we have Cameco, which is a great example, one of the world's largest uranium companies, which is actually producing. And it's a, a pretty a blue chip stock. Then you work your way down the chain. You have companies that are looking to get into production. And those are the companies in Saskatchewan that I like to look at. Like uh, we have Next Gen Energy is getting close. Denison's getting close. Vision Energy is getting close. And then you have the early stage exploration companies, which is what we are. We're the ones on the ground making that discovery, looking for that discovery. So you have Standard Uranium. You have companies like uh, Can Alaska in our region. Um, maybe our friend Sky Harbor. And, and there's a few other ones in the region. But you're looking for some early exploration, some mid-tier, and then the higher end ones. And round out your portfolio that way. Now, you, the early exploration ones, those are the ones where you can get a, the biggest torque for your buck. So if you invest in an exploration company and then make a discovery, there's a huge upswing. And that's what a lot of investors look for with the early stage companies. Great. Um, and John, if my listeners wanted to find out more about you or Standard Uranium, where would they find you? Oh, great question. So we have a pretty strong social media presence. We're all over Twitter. You can get us at Standard Uranium. You can find us on YouTube. We actually make a lot of videos. Uh, we like to take our, our shareholders and our viewers to the site to show them what's actually going on with an exploration program. And you can also check out our website, www.standarduranium.ca. And of course, my contact details are there and you can reach us on, get me on Twitter or through our emails and any way you want to talk to us. We're pretty easy to access and I love giving interviews and talking to shareholders. So once again, thank Thank you, Montana. It's been a pleasure to be on your show, and it's great to uh, share the story of uranium and standard uranium. Amazing. Thank you so much for being on, John. You are welcome. We'll talk again soon. Absolutely. If you enjoy my content, do me a favor. Follow or subscribe to this podcast. Drop me a rating and a review and share this with a friend. All of these things allow me to get bigger and better guests on the show. Now, you can catch me all over social media at jmartinbc. Thanks for tuning in.